0: Hello, and welcome back to Small Talk. We've got a great episode ahead as we speak with current and former members of the women's basketball team at SUNY Geneseo. I'm your host, Katie Mucci. Each week on this show, we highlight the past and present of Division Three, with both current and former student athletes joining to talk about their experiences, their favorite on-campus spots, the craziest road trip stories, and more. This week, we're chatting with three-time All-American and former women's basketball student athlete, Megan Matkey, and a pair of current student athletes, Mackenzie Regal and Kelly McLaughlin. We talk about their student athlete experience, that time the bus was stuck on the road, trips to Puerto Rico, and more. Thanks for joining this week. Now it's time for some small talk.
1: Hi, I'm Megan Mackey. I'm a former member of the women's basketball team at Geneseo.
2: Hi, I'm Kelly McLaughlin. I am a
3: current member of the women's basketball team at SUNY Geneseo, and I am a senior. I'm Mackenzie Regal, and I'm a junior on the women's basketball team at SUNY Geneseo.
0: Well, thank you all for joining me today. I'm so excited to chat with you and talk about your time there up in New York. Um, First, we're going to start out talking about things on campus and um, maybe... I'll have you, uh, Mackenzie and Kelly, start. Talk about where you and your teammates are hanging out on campus. Are there just like a quad or are there coffee shops? What are kind of the main spots? And then Megan, if you want to follow up and and let us know if that's the same spots you all were hanging out with your teammates. Um, so Mackenzie, Kelly, get us started.
3: So last year, we actually got a brand new student athlete resource center in the Mara Athletic Building. So I'd say that's my personal favorite spot to hang out. It's all brand new, high tech, super cool in there. There's also a fuel station in there for us to grab a quick snack on our way to practice or leaving practice to go to class. So that'd be my personal go-to.
2: Yeah, I feel like the Student Athlete Resource Center is really popular right now. Like Kenzie said, it is really new. But also I feel like our teammates, we a lot of times just hang out in the locker room. We have—we just got a brand new TV in there this year, which will be cool because we can stream stuff like our Netflix account or Hulu, whatever, if people want to sign in. But just we have little beanbag chairs in there and it's really the gym is central to campus. So if you kind of have time in between classes or um, you know, a little bit of time before practice, a lot of people honestly hang out in there and get their work done and stuff.
1: I am dripping with envy. Oh, that would have been <laughs> yeah. so fantastic to have that when we were there, but we didn't have any of that. Um, I was actually part of uh, the naming of the Merritt Center. I actually introduced Dr. Merritt, which is funny. Um, so I'm so envious. And, uh, that was not where we hung out. Our locker room was old and nasty. (laughs) Um, and so for, at that point we would hang out in the hub. That's where the cool kids hung out. I don't know if it's still there anymore. And then I was a super, so that was a, an eatery on campus, but it wasn't like the main dining hall. And then I was a bit of a nerd. So hung out in Milne library with, uh, with a bunch of teammates.
0: all right so things have changed a little bit just a little um, just a little. um <laughs> Megan I'll have you start this one so if I'm gonna go visit campus what are maybe the fit your favorite spots that you guys would go out to eat go out to hang out off campus what are kind of those hot spots around town and then same thing you guys are gonna follow up are they still there do you still go there let's talk about off campus a little bit
1: all right I know these are still there because I was there recently but um ant cookies for subs in terms of uh, the toasted bun. I mean, my buddies and I are like, we're all over the country and and we'll text still about if anybody's going anywhere near Geneseo, they're getting a ant cookie sub. And then um, late night was um, Mama Mia's pizza to um, help absorb things in your stomach. Um, Those were kind of the main, main go-tos for us.
2: Yeah, ant cookies is still Ragingly popular. Anybody that comes to Geneseo for the first time, if it's recruits and their family, we're like, you have to, if you didn't get lunch yet, go to Ann Cookies. We honestly, I think almost every Tuesday home game mm-hmm. last season, our basically our whole team would go there for our pre-game meal. We became really, really good friends with basically everybody that worked there. Um, we even have one of our jerseys hanging up on the wall now that we all signed the team last year because <laughs> there's awesome. so much. Um, awesome. so yeah, that's definitely my favorite spot, but there are a few new ones, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Going off of Aunt Cookie, she takes very good care of us when we go in as a team, and For she sure. knows all of us outside of walking, in 13 of us at the same time, mm-hmm. but she'll throw in a free cookie when we come in as a team, and <laughs> she'll know what team we're playing, and she's great. She follows along with us, uh, how our season goes all the time. Um, another one, I would say, like after a home game with our families, uh, the Village Tavern, uh, oh, yeah. popular one. There's a new restaurant called Strange Design Brewery, uh, great burgers there some chicken wings so that one's a popular one oh is yeah. that right on main street yeah crickets um it's up by walmart actually oh, it's up by walmart okay yeah. Yeah. yeah a little bit it's hard to find if you don't know where it is but okay. yeah, I definitely recommend it um and crickets oh, yeah. crickets used to
2: be on main street and now they moved right around the corner onto center street okay um, just a new location but same basically the same menu i really like going there for like sunday breakfast like they have good breakfast Mm -hmm. sandwiches Mm
3: -hmm. and stuff it's a popular study spot too yeah they combine um intermissions that used to be the bar so now it's like that part of the building and where crickets is now so it's pretty big in there oh good
0: nice all right well i'm ready next time i come to town (laughs) i know I'm not gonna pull this episode up and listen back and hear it all um that's awesome and I guess maybe I should have asked this earlier Megan you um graduated from Geneseo and you've moved on now past the college life what are you doing these days and you mentioned that you've been back on campus recently so are you still in the area
1: I'm actually not I'm out in Connecticut now so I'm a good five to six hours from campus um and so I haven't been back in a couple years now but uh I used to like I typically catch the team when they play at New Pulse um, I'm friendly with the the head coach and the previous head coach and so I I stay connected and and watch the team online and or, you know track everything and um and and so my I'm my closest friends are still my teammates or a couple of my teammates and so we we um, we're hoping to plan another trip we planned a trip back a few years ago uh, and we're all able to 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 go there. We went to practice. It was great. Coach took us in the locker room and stuff. And then, um, you know, we're hoping to get back there again soon. Awesome. So now
0: we were a little bit off campus, the restaurants, but now we're going to go really off campus to talk about your travel. Um, one thing I've mentioned every time I've done this podcast is in D3, you're pretty regional. So you're probably not hopping on a flight to all your games. Um, like you might in a different division, but let's talk about what the travel situation's like. And Megan, I'll have you start out with this. I always get some funny stories from the former student-athletes, about the travel experiences. So how were you guys traveling?
1: Um, well, did you ever have the, to drive the van? Well, No, well, we actually, back in the day, we thought we were a big deal because they did charter buses. Go ahead. You know, and so, you know, coming from high school and being on the yellow buses, we thought we were a big deal. And I'm, yes, I am guess I can't wait to hear if it's the exact same thing now, but back in the day, the guys always rode in the back and the girls always rode in the front. Yeah. And so one time what we did to mess with the guys was we got on and sat in the back and it was like we had upended like the <laughs> order of things because the guys like flipped out, refused to get on the bus and we were in hysterics. It was fantastic. Um, but then, you know, then we got off and, you know, let it let them get their typical seat. We we did. We were able to fly once. And that was because we made the sweet 16 out in Salem, Massachusetts. And the guys also made the Sweet 16, but they were in New Jersey and they were like 10 miles short of the cutoff to be able to fly. So it felt like Sweet Redemption. They had to bus it like seven hours and we got to fly. So (laughs) that's our fun story.
3: We do still travel with the (laughs) men's team and they still get the back and we still sit up front. But I think that would be a fun prank for us to pull on the guys. Yeah, this I year. think we got to pull that out of your uh, page highly out of your.
2: recommend. Highly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> so I honestly, I mean, some of the bus trips when they're long, they get a little like, oh my gosh, I need to get off this bus or get up and walk around. But a lot of the times, I mean, people get their homework done and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But other times we're playing games or watching movies. So honestly, sometimes I really like the time on the bus because it just feels like we're all hanging out together. Yeah. But we were able to fly last year around christmas time because we took a trip to puerto rico for a tournament which was really cool to be able to you know internet well i guess not really internationally but kind of it felt like it like even though it's part of the united states technically but just getting on a flight and going to somewhere so different with your teammates when we're always just right up here in upstate new york and it was a really different experience so flying was cool with the team yeah definitely
0: i'm sure a much warmer experience too getting yeah, on yes, upstate new york
2: we got off the plane and everyone's like stripping their sweat <laughs> like where are my shorts in my bag I yeah
0: I can imagine that's a hard flight to dress for yeah um yeah. to know what to bring that's awesome um well that might lead right into my next question or maybe you have a different answer but you go on these road trips and maybe it's a big big cool place like Puerto Rico or maybe it's just a rivalry but um were you guys getting any fun touristy type experiences or any experiences during that road trip maybe on a day between games or you know when you have travel partners. You might have a little bit of time off. Mackenzie, um, you can start that.
3: Um, I would say the most touristy experience is definitely Puerto Rico. When we were there, we had a day to walk around in Old San Juan. The tournament we went to, they provided a bus that took us to the gym every day, back to the hotel from the gym and to this Old San Juan excursion that they had a little itinerary for us. But for the most part, we got to walk around and see where we wanted to see. And we did split up from the coaches for a little bit that day. I ended up losing my wallet that day, which was not a fun experience, but the whole experience in itself was amazing. We also got to do a paddleboarding excursion there, so that type of touristy stuff. And then this weekend, we're headed to New York City on Friday. We're playing two games on Long Island on Saturday and Sunday, so after a long bus ride Friday, we get to go tour the city a little bit.
0: That's awesome. Megan, how about you during your time?
3: Yeah. I mean, ours
1: were never, ours were always within New York and you drove to the game. And then if there was a hotel stay over, it was late that night and then you got up the next day. So the only time we got any touristy thing was, was the sweet 16 when we uh, toured Salem for a little bit. That was about it.
0: Awesome. So now let's talk about your academics, the student part of student athlete. Um, So I will first have you guys all share your majors. So Mackenzie, Kelly, you guys can start that out.
3: I'm a business administration major with minors in economics and human resources management. And I'm a Spanish adolescent education major.
1: Oh, very interesting. I was an elementary and special education major with a math and computer science minor.
0: Okay. Um, so maybe not a ton of overlap between those three majors. <laughs> um how so I won't I won't go too long on this since you guys probably can't commiserate about the classes too much or anything, right. but um I'll just for McKinsey and Kelly, what have been your favorite classes you've taken so far within your majors and why?
3: Hmm. It's a good question. Uh, for me I'm gonna go with organizational behavior with Professor Joswala which a lot of students here would probably say they would disagree, but she runs a very professional course. Like it's you have to go to class all the time. You have a group project that could like the paper you end up writing could be published. Like she's so strict about it, but it ended up being a great experience for me just to work in that type of team environment. And uh, I also was able to put that experience on my resume, been able to talk about that in some interviews. Um, that helped that course itself helped me realize I wanted to go into HR instead of just a broad business major. So it helped me narrow down what I want to do with my career. I would say for
2: mine, um just my major is so different because I am I I could relate to Megan in the educational aspect, like I'm sure our student teaching experiences make might be similar. but for the Spanish side of things, I took a class um it's called Advanced Written and Oral Communication with Dr. Bernard was my professor. And that just really pushed me in my language skills because I'm obviously a native English speaker and nobody in my family speaks Spanish. So it's just my acquisition of the language has been solely through you know my public education in middle school and high school and then continuing it in college now. So when I was in that class, it really pushed me both like writing and oral communication. Um, and it even, it it made me feel like I did well in the class but I felt like I wanted to get even better. Um, so this past summer I actually did a study abroad program for six weeks and I lived in Spain with a host family who the woman I lived with spoke absolutely zero English. So kind of led me to that experience. And obviously being there for six weeks and kind of only speaking Spanish really pushed me forward in in my language and definitely prepared me for student teaching, which I'm actually doing right now this semester. So I'd say that was my favorite, that language class I took.
1: Holly, I'd love
0: to expand a little bit on that. So what made you... I guess maybe what piqued your interest back in middle school, high school for like Spanish learning and then what has continued that for you? What has been the what has been the pick for you that's been so good?
2: Sure. So I always knew my whole life that I wanted to be a teacher. I come from a family of a lot of educators, but I didn't know specifically what area. Um I because I was a kid that I loved going to school. I hated missing school because I just I liked being with my friends, but I also I liked doing schoolwork it sounds geeky but like just like being in the classroom and you know just being with my friends and making connections with my teachers and things like that so it was um I mean when I was in middle school I thought oh wow this is so cool now I get to learn a new language even though in seventh and eighth grade you're really not doing much with the language I still felt like oh this is cool to be able to speak or at least kind of understand um somebody that doesn't speak English and then when I was in high school I had two fantastic Spanish teachers that kind of, I don't want to say like, oh my gosh, they changed my life, but they really inspired me, I guess, in the educational sense where I was like, they're such great teachers. And one of them was a native speaker, but one of them wasn't. And I was like, that's so cool that this teacher, she was born and raised in the United States, but she can communicate so well with any anybody who speaks Spanish. And that just opens up so many doors for you. I feel like just in our country, there are so many Spanish speakers. It's the second most commonly spoken language in this country. So I thought I mean, I, I liked it. I love Spanish class. I was pretty good at it. And I thought, you know, that would be really useful in so many different areas of life. But I also could pursue my passion of being a teacher, which I knew that I wanted to be for a really long time. So I stuck with it through college. And of course, you can always change your major and stuff like that. But I came in freshman year as a Spanish education major and stuck with it all the way through. And here I am student teaching, which is kind of crazy that it went by so fast, but I'm really, really enjoying it. So I'm glad that I stuck with it.
0: That's awesome. As a, a girl who grew up in Texas, um I can attest to how necessary knowing that language is and also how beneficial it is to have someone who can speak English and Spanish. So that's Thank really you. awesome. I love that. Thank you. Megan, looking back, I know I look back at my college experience and I'm like I don't remember any classes I took or any professors I had. It was kind of a blur. For you, is there anything that stood out about any classes or professors you had that stood out to you?
1: Uh yeah, actually um There was, there was two, there was a husband and wife, uh, David and Elizabeth Nelson, they were both uh, special educators, and I happened to then be student teaching in their daughter's class, which was funny. Um, And so that was the first time actually I looked at, I had my same thing, I had family of teachers and it was like, of course I'm a teacher. But that was the first time I, I took a look at the professor and was thinking, hey, being a college professor would be a pretty decent gig. So I'm actually now a college professor. And that was part of them. Part of the inspiration was sitting in their classes and just being so captivated by them and 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 thinking that, you know, this this would be a really great way to have a larger impact on, um, you know, on. So, I mean, I taught for a number of years, middle school, special education, and then now I'm in teacher preparation. And um, I just want to say it's a good thing you're doing student teaching in the fall, because I did mine in the spring. And it was, I was so tired that it actually impacted my performance because my legs, like I, I couldn't get... Uh, I couldn't get my legs under me as much uh, to shoot and and to be as effective because after a long day of student teaching, I was just so exhausted. And when you're hitting the February timeframe, it was like, I'm over it. And so uh, um, I think it's a really good thing that you're doing your student teaching in the fall.
0: (laughs) It affected your performance, but I do believe you were a three-time All-American. Is that
1: accurate? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: So I can't imagine what it would have been like then without (laughs) the student teaching.
1: Better percentage, maybe, I don't
0: know. know. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So next, let's talk about some stories. Um, You guys have mentioned some things a little bit, but um, I would love to hear, starting out funny or crazy, but appropriate, um, some stories from your time on the team. So um, Kelly, you laughed a little bit, so I'm going to have you start. I'm going to pick on you.
2: (laughs) Well, Kenzie and I were talking What stories are we going to, in preparation for the podcast, what stories are we going to share? And the first one that came to both of our minds and all of our teammates, if you ask them, was the time that our bus, it was two years ago, I guess, right? Two seasons ago, my sophomore year, Kenzie's freshman year. It was one of our first games. We were in
3: Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. It was like a tip-off tournament.
2: Yeah. So, and the weather wasn't that bad. It was snowing, but it wasn't anything crazy. Not like treacherous weather. Totally fine and safe to drive in. But we're on the bus and we're heading to the gym. And for some reason, our bus driver passed the comp- passed the complex that just didn't turn into the building, which is fine. She was like, all right, I'm going to turn around. So I'm when I say probably like 200 feet down the road, there was a little, I don't even know how to call it. On the side of the road, there was an area where a normal sized car could have probably turned around. <laughs> and our bus driver said, this works. We can do this. Goes into the little turnabout area, but it's we're on a gigantic charter bus, so it should not have gone into this little turnabout area because as the bus is trying to turn around and make a U-turn, the road, I guess, was kind of like higher up in the middle than it is on the sides, that the bus is perpendicular to the road and completely is like stuck. The back of the bus was like up on the hill of this turnaround. (laughs) The wheels weren't even on the ground anymore. That's fantastic. She's trying to hit the gas and we're not going anywhere. And we could literally see that from down the road, we could see the gym that we're supposed to be playing at in however many minutes. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's like, what do we do? Should we call our parents? Coach Poe. And Poe's like, "No, nobody talk. Stop talking to me. (laughs) Let me figure this out. Let me talk to the bus driver. And then a few minutes go by and she comes on the bus. Coach Poe comes on the bus and she's like, all right girls get your uniforms on and we're like what what's going on so we're, ch- we're all changing on the bus we have no idea what's happening but people from the college the um, husband and a wife who worked in the athletic department from the college we were supposed to play at had to come in their own cars and come pick us up from the
3: bus that was stuck <laughs> like floating basically in the middle of the road right that's a like car- a cartoon <laughs> so no cars could go by either way there was just cars lined up as we're filing off of this bus getting into these people's cars yeah oh that's when
1: we
2: when we got out of the people's cars to go into the athletic complex you could fully we all were taking videos because you could see right down the road and you could see the bus like it looks like it's like teetering on the road (laughs) it was so crazy how'd you do that night we we
3: killed them
1: (laughs) nice what a motivator
3: (laughs) got the energy up for sure we were yeah the adrenaline
1: (laughs) that's amazing yeah megan how about you uh, I don't have anything nearly as fantastic as that. Um, but the one that came to mind was like this totally bizarre. One of my teammates was going for a loose ball with a girl and there was like a pile. And she she stood up after the ref blew the whistle and she goes, she bit me. <laughs> like Someone from the other team had literally bitten her forearm. Oh. And we're all standing there like no and and you look and there are bite marks on her forearm i mean so there's so many questions about that like what is a grown woman doing biting and i mean there's a lot of questions but but the ref was like and at that point i was the captain so i'm saying the ref i'm like like that's that's got to be a technical it's got to be something and the refs had no idea what to do i mean this was you know back before we were really much more aware of well like flavoring fouls and that kind of thing like they were just so disoriented they just kept looking at each other and they just ended up just not doing anything and um so then my you know I mean my teammate had a bite mark on her arm for a good two three days like it went like black Thank and good. blue it was it was the most bizarre scenario like I'd ever <laughs> encountered and it was very hard to finish the game I mean we ended up winning thankfully but but it was very hard to like. That's a you know like that's a different approach for a team to take. Is like all right, let's just bite the arm. So, <laughs> I, I like the cartoon bus better though. That's,
0: <laughs> that's definitely a choice to make. You're right. Yeah.
1: There's intentionality. <laughs> there. You don't accidentally bite somebody.
0: No. You. No,
1: not not a two day bruise. No,
0: no. Um. Okay. So those were funny or crazy. Um. I guess you could say. Now let's just talk about your favorite memories. So during your time on the team with the program, what has been maybe the moment that's really stood out to you, something that means a lot? So, um, Mackenzie, I'll have you go first.
3: Definitely, our trip to Puerto Rico. You know, not many student athletes get to experience that, like going to somewhere so far and getting to still play at a high level while getting the touristy experience as well. And just being in a completely different area culturally, like, it was very cool. I know Kelly speaking Spanish, I was trying to understand, <laughs> like we would go to a restaurant and I was like, Kelly, what does this mean? What does this mean? Like just that type of stuff. It was a very different experience and something we had to fundraise for and we had to definitely work towards. So we were very grateful to be able to go on a trip like that. That's great to have her with you though definitely <laughs> I order my dinner and I don't know what I'm doing exactly tell me, what about you I'd also probably say
2: Puerto Rico just because it was such a cool experience like Ken said not a lot of teams get to do something like that so I feel like it made it made that experience even more special and just I feel like the whole travel aspect like it's not like oh we're just traveling to a normal game it's like no we're going to Puerto Rico that it's kind of everybody understands even though if we don't talk about it everyone understands like this is something really cool that we all get to do together and spend this time together and like Ken said like even the cultural aspect getting to walk around old San Juan and we're walking around in this old castle and learning about the history like just something really cool that you get to do with your teammates which is a just a really cool experience but also when we came back from Puerto Rico we flew into JFK and then we had to take this tiny little van all the way back up to geneseo and it was also on new year's eve so that was even though in the moment we were all like moaning and groaning i definitely am going to look back on that fondly when i think about like me and my teammates all like this squished in the van as we're counting down 10 9 because <laughs> the ball's dropping and we're in the van driving
3: back up to geneseo And this van has like a wrap around it that's like geneseo athletics like every <laughs> car we're passing knows this is the geneseo bus stuff that- It was definitely an experience.
1: A bit nicer trip than the North Country.
3: Definitely. (laughs) Definitely.
1: Do you you dread the North Country trip as much as every other team before you? Okay, great. I still do, yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Megan, Megan, what's your favorite memory?
1: So for me, we, again, didn't get to do all these fun things or have nice things. So, um, no, for, for, uh, for me, it was, uh, my freshman year, we were actually ranked number one in the country, um, for a week. So that was like, that's pretty wild to just think about that of all the D3 schools, you know, we were, we were ranked number one. Um, and that year we went to the elite eight and that's when we got to fly out to, uh, to Salem. But it was also really cool because I was the point guard and as the point guard, I had, an All-American two guard on my right and an All-American three guard on my left. So I really couldn't screw it up as long as I got it to one of them. I was pretty confident we were we were gonna score and be successful. So that that was the coolest part for me.
0: Definitely. Um, Kelly, I wanted to ask another follow-up. I'm just so interested by this language, I guess. Um, <laughs> was it cool, I don't know the makeup of, of Geneseo area, but was it cool to be kind of immersed in an area where you could speak Spanish and it was pretty
2: common? Yeah, for sure. I liked just walking around and hearing Spanish, but actually it wasn't like I'm just hearing gibberish. It was like, oh, I kind of I understand what that person's saying. But I did it was before I went to Spain, so sometimes Like, especially with the food, when people were looking at the menus and I'm like, oh, I don't know what, I don't know what that word is. And everyone's like, come on, Cal. Like, why don't you, I'm like, guys, I don't know every word in the whole language. Like I'm trying my best, but it was definitely cool. And I really felt like I could appreciate, I mean, not that everyone didn't appreciate the cultural aspect, but just because it's something that interests me and it's kind of what my career is going to be that I thought it was so cool. And that was my first time going anywhere Spanish speaking. So it was really cool for me.
1: And then, Katie, if you knew anything about Geneseo, you'd know that there were not a lot of uh, Spanish speakers in that small little rural area. So um, it is, you know, the immersion (laughs) is not going to happen anywhere near Geneseo.
0: I assumed,
1: but I didn't want to make a total (laughs)
0: assumption. (laughs) Once again, I grew up in Texas, so it's all around you.
1: Right. But I know that's
0: not the norm once you get too much more north. Um. All right. So those are the stories, the things on campus. Now we're just going to get into some general D3 stuff um, before we wrap it up. So um, the first thing, and I want to, I'll start with Megan on this one. I want to talk about maybe what it means to you to have been a division three student athlete. How has that um, maybe helped you, whether that was being able to do more things during your time on campus, whether that's classes, clubs, academic things. And then how has that maybe gone into your, as you've moved into your career, how has that benefited you?
1: I mean, I, I loved it because it was, there was the emphasis on academics first. And I mean, I chose Geneseo. Thankfully, they had a really good basketball program, but I wouldn't have gone there if they didn't have a really solid academic um, tradition and, and especially in the area of teaching. So it was, it was great to know that academics came first. And I felt like our coaches were 100% on board with that and that that we weren't asked to prioritize. There wasn't like a bait and switch in terms of when you're being recruited versus when you get there. It's, you know, what you're, you get to do academics first and you're not, you know, turned into this sports first, sports only type of approach. Um, You know, now being an instructor at, or being a professor at different D1 institutions, like I just see like how much of a toll the balance its just so much harder to keep any type of balance, especially in education. If you're looking at trying to do your field experiences and your and your student teaching and and trying to navigate the schedule that is asked of you in in um, you know D two or D three. And so I really appreciated with D three that it was it was academic focused, and I think with less pressure on the sports piece, I think it really helped. Me to develop deep relationships with some of my teammates. Um, you know, just just building those skills of of being a team and fighting through adversity, I think have really you know benefited me well um going forward. And then, you know you don't end up staying in contact with all your teammates. But no matter what, you have the shared experience, obviously that's not specific just to division three, but it just feels like a different type of experience. like the like Kelly and Mackenzie have said, you know, just hanging out with the team and having that shared experience, even if it's in between classes or like you, you all are having the same stressors, the same challenges. At least, at least in your your school and your sports life. And so, it's nice to you know to have those people to feel like you can turn to, and you're not um, being pulled in as many directions.
0: I love your perspective as someone who's now working or has worked in the in your career with Division One student <clears throat> with Division One student athletes. I think that's a cool perspective to see it from after knowing what you experienced. Um, Mackenzie and then Kelly, you can follow. I
3: would say balancing playing the sport you love and still competing at an extremely high level and still being able to do like the extracurriculars. Like me and Kelly are both very involved within the athletic department, extracurriculars and stuff for my major too, like a woman in business club, like that type of stuff you get to do while still playing basketball. And also like the team going off of what Megan said, like the team is family. We have those shared experiences, those stressors, like you were saying, we experience the same stuff. So it really bonds us together. And we really mean it when we say like, this team becomes family to everyone who joins the Genesee women's basketball program.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I can relate to what you said, Megan, about coming here for like the education program is so well known. I know like we both come from families of educators and I've had so many relatives say like, yeah, when you come from Geneseo with a degree in education, like you're kind of put in a different bracket. So I really appreciated that when I was doing my college search, because I already knew I wanted to be a teacher. So I wanted to go somewhere where I could play basketball still at a high level and be a part of a team. Cause that is something that's so important to me, just being a part of a team, something bigger than yourself, but while still getting, a degree that somebody's going to look at when I'm going to get a job and they're going to say, wow, like this kid went to a really great school, had a great education. So that was super important for me when I made my decision about um, coming to Geneseo, but also agree totally with the whole we're, we're a family and all those shared experiences that we have. I mean, not that we have an experience in, in, D, in D1 or D2, but it does feel like this is it, just based on what you see, like, you know, social media and on TV, and you're watching these big schools and big games, it just here it's intimate. And even the whole department as a whole, like, we're very close with other sports teams, and even other coaches know our faces and know our names and say, hey, good luck at your game today. You know, it feels much more inclusive in a sense and more like a sense of belonging, I guess, within the department as a whole. And even on the campus, because, you know, there are professors that, when When we leave halfway through the middle of a a lecture with our our backpack as we're leaving for a game, and the professor will stop the class and say, hey good luck this weekend, even uh-huh. though they have nothing to do with the athletic department. They're just a the professor. but um you know, our athletes are we' treated really well on this campus and respected for what we do because it is a lot to do being a college student and getting a degree while still balancing practices and lifts and games and all that. So I can really appreciate the the balance as well.
3: Mm-hmm. I think the people here from the athletic department to our professors and to just the people in the Geneseo community that come to watch all of our games, they generally want to see us succeed, whether that's in academics, athletics, and both at the same time, they want us to have the most out of this experience.
0: That's great. All right, my last question for all three of you, as we talked about ahead of time and in my emails, this podcast is part of our 50th anniversary of Division Three celebration, so we're 50 years down. We've come a long way and there's lots more to do and lots more time for us to do it. Um, so I'd love to hear what you all wish to see or what you think you'll see with the future of Division Three. And I know it's a broad question, but um, if you can pick something out of what you just wish the future of Division Three looks like. Um, and I will start with you again, Megan.
1: Uh, I mean, I hope it remains where it's not, it doesn't turn into a job. Um, you know, I think that that's of the issues with, with different divisions and, you know, people get burned out or you're more likely to get injuries that, you know, I'm a bunch of years out and it's, and it's like, you feel the creaks and you don't think of, okay, that time I sprained my ankle, my sophomore year of college that, you know, when I'm in my forties, all of a sudden that's going to be really, it's going to be bothering me, but I can literally trace it back to, um, you know, to the playing days, but, but to know that you're not no matter what like you're going to be cared for as a whole person i guess is is my point with that and and not just going to be forced to get back out sooner than you're expected to because or sooner than's healthy for you because it's a job and you have donors and you have all these people that that you have to answer to and so um, I know I keep making these connections to to divisions that aren't Division Three, but I, I just hope we don't move in that direction. And I know name image and name image and likeness, you know, can can change some things, but hopefully that just changes it for an athlete and not for the whole culture and environment of of Division Three, which is is that balanced environment that that we've all been uh, mentioning.
0: Mackenzie Kelly, whoever wants to start.
3: I would say, you know, we talk about the student coming before athlete a lot, but also just taking care of yourself first and foremost, like uh, mentally and physically, like Megan said, we joke about when we're 40, we're going to feel. You are. They
1: you know, are. I'll
3: tell you. Now, but uh, just yeah. continuing to grow in the D3 and more and more resources for student athletes. I know we have a lot more than our past uh, alumni have had and just continuing to build on that and you know we're people first and just remembering that
2: yeah I I completely agree and I I think just maintaining that you know the I don't know if you would call it the culture of D3 but you know putting the person first before um the sport and like Megan said not it's not becoming your job. Like you are a student here. You're here to get a degree in education and to make yourself this well-rounded individual to go off into, you know, the real world. And yes, you're here to play basketball too and win games and practice hard and things like that. But there are other things that are important in your life. And especially things like, you know, having those conversations about mental health and how, um, you know, keeping your balance with your sports and your academics and still being able to do those things while preserving your own mental health and staying healthy, even physically too. So, you know, we talk a lot about, we have a club here, Morgan's Message, which is, um, you know, a national thing through a bunch of different universities, D1, D2, D3, um, that really talks about the stigma of mental health and works to end the stigma of mental health, especially in relation to athletics. So I think just you know, growing in those areas and and not forgetting those aspects is really important for D3 in general.
0: Great. I love that. And that's a, a great way to end this podcast. Um, Mackenzie, Kelly, Megan, thank you all so much for joining me today. I've had a great time hearing your stories. I hope no more buses get stuck on hills.
1: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no. Please send video hey. if it does
0: yeah you said you were recording videos i think you need to send that to our little email
2: i would love to see it, I um, to see it. yeah we'll find one we got a bun <laughs>
0: okay perfect i hope no one gets bit this season yeah. um so the best of luck to you two this season best of luck to you this semester professor Great, thank um, and thank you all so much for taking the time to
1: join thank me today you. all right Very
0: much.
2: yeah thanks for having us go
1: nights nice.
2: one night go night
0: nice. <laughs> To everyone listening, thanks for tuning into this episode of Small Talk. We post new episodes every Thursday. To follow along with everything Division Three, you can find us on social media at NCAA D3 or NCAA DIII. Make sure to join the conversation with us all year long by using the hashtag DIII50. Have a great day and we'll see you for some more Small Talk next week.